Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. It's Neil Diamond's birthday today, and we're into his number one, Steve, our artist of the day. This one, Song Sung Blue. Hey, this is appropriate. It is appropriate. Carolina Blue. Yes, uh, Carolina Blue, and they were number one preseason. That's right. That's right. Double whammy. Boy, uh, only on this show are you going to get that cleverness. And you did it by accident, which is, <laughs> which is the best part of all that. Uh, all right, let's bring on the uh, the voice of the Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, we are joined now by Jones Angel uh, in town for the game. Cuse and Carolina tonight inside the Dome. Late start, 9 o'clock start inside the Dome. And, uh, you know, Jones, this team was, uh, as you know, uh, preseason number one. They're coming off that, that appearance in the national title game. So many of the pieces back from last year. Got off to a little bit of a slow start, maybe slower than people would expect, uh, but they seem to be playing better basketball of late. Can you kind of bring us through the first half of the season from where this team started to where they are now? Sure, of course, and great to be with you guys. Appreciate you having me on, and uh, it really has been a little bit of two seasons within a season, I think, so far for Carolina. And yeah, I'll, I'll start where yeah, Carolina went on. This is going to sound like an excuse, and I understand that, but Carolina went on a really long road trip, which was not very beneficial for Carolina. They went all the way out to Portland um, to play in that PKI event around Thanksgiving and won the first game, then took on Iowa State, a, a team that we now know is pretty good, and Carolina led that game for over 36 minutes, 37 minutes of the game, and let it slip away at the end, then had the four-overtime game after that against Alabama, who's also a very good team, um, and just came up short in four overtimes, and so at that point, yeah, I think the Tar Heels were frustrated. They felt like those were both games that they could have and probably with the way the game played out should have won. Um, and then that's when the, the travel kind of, I think, kicked in. They went straight from Portland to Bloomington, Indiana. They did not come home um, because they had to play at Indiana in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, the Tar Heels said that's the only game this year that Carolina really wasn't right there till the end. You know, the Tar Heels wanted to blow out by any stretch, but yeah, the Tar Heels were down 8, 10, 12, kind of for most of that game. Um, Armando Baycott was injured in that game. Tar Heels came back home. They were there one day, then went up to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech in the ACC opener, and uh, Armando Baycott didn't play, and Carolina lost the game. And so at that point, that, that was four straight losses. Um, in that five-game road trip, they lost the last four. Um, and they were five and four at that point, so obviously not where the Tar Heels wanted to be, even though they had played some good teams with some unique circumstances. I think from that point forward, while it didn't happen necessarily immediately, guys, I think the Tar Heels have been better. You know, they've won three in a row. They're nine and two in their last 11 games. Um, their two losses are both on the road at Pittsburgh and at Virginia. They only uh, had Armando Bacon for a minute and 18 seconds of that game against Virginia before he rolled his ankle and, and couldn't go the rest of the way. So I, I do think Carolina is playing better. Um, I don't think the Tar Heels are a finished product. Um, I do think they are capable of being one of the better teams in the country, but they, they still have to improve. So, uh, the good news for them is that, you know, we still have six weeks of the regular season left. They, they feel like they're getting better, and, and they'll try to take another step coming up tonight. You know, you look at this uh, this starting lineup, and it's a, a familiar starting lineup to Q's fans, uh, really with the exception of Pete Nance, uh, the, the grad transfer student. What, what can you tell us about him and what he's added uh, to this lineup for the Tar Heels? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking about those injuries to Armando Baycott. You know, Pete Nance just missed four straight games uh, for the Tar Heels. Now he's been back the last two, but but he missed four games in a row as well due to some back spasms and back tightness um, that was bothering him right around the, the change of the new year and then a couple of games after that. What Pete has really brought is a veteran presence um, to go along with some other veteran guys. Of course, the Tar Heels, as you referenced, are an older team. Um, he has really done a better job here in the last couple of games at, at rebounding at a higher level. That's what the Tar Heels have really asked him to do. Um, he's a little streaky from the three-point line, but he's had some games where he's shot well uh, from out there. And, and what Pete, Pete's just a very solid player. I, I can't tell you one thing that he's terrific at. I can't tell you one thing where he's, his game really has a big deficiency. He, he's just an older guy that really is a smart, sound basketball player. And he has fit in so wonderfully with Carolina. And that's not an easy thing to do. He's stepping into a, a starting lineup that had four of the five guys back that went to the national championship game last season. So he, he's done a really nice job assimilating himself within a veteran group. You know, Hubert Davis, Carolina's coach, has talked about him being more aggressive, and, and you're starting to see that. I think he had a really nice drive and dunk against State on Saturday, so um, he certainly is, is heavily in the mix, and, and will be out there a bunch for the Tar Heels. You, you know, you say uh, things that aren't easy to do. Armando Baycott was named preseason player of the year, and it, it, it can be difficult to go into a season with all the expectations, all the eyes on you, everybody expecting you to be the best player in the conference, and then to actually play like the best player in the conference, yeah. and I think Armando Baycott has done that, right? I mean, he's leading the league in rebounding, third in scoring, third in field goal percentage. Um, have you seen his game? And, and we knew he was good last year, right? I mean, he was a beast last year, and he's he's continued to be that this year. Have you seen him add to his game? Like, what is better about Armando Baycott this year than, than maybe past years? I think the remarkable thing about Armando Baycott is the consistency that he provides. And, and you mentioned those numbers. That's even with him playing just a minute and 18 seconds against Virginia, right. where yeah. he had no no points and two rebounds. And he's still third in the uh, in the conference in points and still leading the conference in rebounds, even with that counting as a full game. And on Saturday, he became Carolina's all-time leading rebounder. He passed Tyler Hansbro uh, for that honor, and he became Carolina's all-time leader in double-doubles. Uh, passing the the great Billy Cunningham, that that's a record that has stood for more than sixty years. And so I, I don't know if I can say, oh gosh, Armando Baycott's so much better at this than he was last year. He he's just so consistently good. He, you can almost write it down that he's going to have a baseline of fifteen points and ten rebounds for you almost every single night. Now I will I will say this: one thing that I think is um, even more impressive about Armando this year compared to last is he's the top name on the scouting report for every team that Carolina plays. And, and I remember Roy Williams used to say this about Tyler Hansborough all the time. When you're still doing that against teams that are gearing themselves to stop you, and you're still able to do what he's been able to do, that's when you're playing at a really high level. All right, there's a you know a log jam here in, in third place in the conference. A bunch of teams six and three, including Syracuse and Carolina. Curious to get your impressions and observations of the Orange. You know they've had an up and down year, and you know they are not a veteran team. Uh, they they've got a lot of young guys who seem to be coming along and, and starting to figure things out. What what do you notice as you uh, you know prepare for this game uh, against the Orange? 
you know, first, let me talk about some individuals and then I'll talk about the team. You know, I'm so impressed with two guys in particular. You know, Joe Girard, the fact that he has gone from, you know, maybe the third option offensively to the first option and has been able to embrace that role. I, I don't think that's easy to do sometimes, and, and he has been able to do that and, and is scoring at such a high level. I know particularly here in the last couple of games, um, he's really done a nice job. And so playing off the ball a little bit more, I think that's right. And, and he's really embraced that role and has done a good job. And then, yeah, gosh, Jesse Edwards has just gotten better and better and better his entire career at Syracuse. You know, Tariels didn't see him last year. He had already in, he was already injured by the times the the Orange and the Tariels played. And so he's a difference maker. You know, when you're averaging a double double and you're leading the league in block shots, I mean, you're doing something. And so, um, you know, those two guys are veteran guys who are who are so impressive. Mix that in with all the youth and uh, the real talent infusion that Syracuse has brought in. And, and that's an exciting combination. I think for the team, the improved defensive numbers are are, are pretty eye popping, and it's not like they're giant leaps forward, but they are better than they were a year ago. Just in raw numbers, they're better. The field goal percentage, defense, the steals, uh, the disruption, the blocks—you know, just all those different things. Um, Syracuse is never easy to play because it is so unique. You just don't see teams that play the way Syracuse plays defensively very often. And when they really appear to be bought into it and, and uh, achieving at a high level on that side, I, I just think this that makes it such a difficult matchup against the Orange. You know, you mentioned the name Jesse Edwards, and you know we're, we're looking at Armando Baycott. We're like, how in the world are they going to slow him down? Do, do you look at that tonight as being the the key individual matchup? You know how Jesse does, and whether he can stay out of foul trouble uh, in terms of you know Jesse against Baycott. Is that what this game may come down to? I, I think if I had to pick one, that's what I would pick um, because I, my guess is um, that Syracuse would happily trade Armando Baycott being on the floor for Jesse Edwards being on the floor. I mean, and by that, I mean that they don't mind if Edwards picks up some fouls, if he can get some the other way as well. Right. Um, and so I think that will be something worth watching in this game. I mean, Armando Baycott's just so important to what the Tar Heels do. They're, you mentioned they're six and three in conference play. Two of their three losses, he didn't play. And, and so it just it's a different team when he is on the floor versus when he is not. And now I know Edwards had some problems with fouling out um, a season ago. It seems like he's gotten a little better in that area. And so um, Carolina, though, gets to the line a bunch. That is a part of the Tar Heels offensive strategy. They shot 39 free throws on Saturday against NC State and made 36 of them. Um, so they want to get to the line. They do so more than any team in the ACC. Part of that is Baycott. Part of that is Dry to the hoop. So I, I do think trying to get in the middle of that zone, trying to get Edwards and others in foul trouble uh, will certainly be a part of what Carolina wants to do. All right. And, and along those lines, Jones, uh, you know, what, what do you think this game comes down to tonight outside of that individual matchup? Who, who do you think wins tonight and why? Oh, gosh, it's hard to say. You know, I think this these teams have been so competitive uh, since the, the Cuse joined the ACC. I know the Tar Heels had a, a pretty long run of success um, against Syracuse, but that was it, it was not like Carolina was winning these games by 20 points every time. You know, every time these two play, it's it, 
feels like that it's a one or two possession game with about four or five minutes to go, and then it comes down to who makes the plays. Um, I think Carolina has done a, a decent job in that regard because it has played some close games this year. And that veteran presence throughout its lineup really helps. Um, but again, for me, for Carolina, just about every game comes down to this, guys. It doesn't matter if it's Syracuse or not. It comes down to three things. Can the Tar Heels rebound the basketball? Can they take care of the basketball? And how do they defend? And that's pretty boring, but I think for this team, those three things determine whether or not it's going to be an elite team, which it has the capability of doing, or if it's just going to be a pretty good team this year. Yeah, the the rebounding numbers, I don't think there's any doubt that's a a stat that we all are going to have our eye on tonight, whether or not Syracuse can compete and keep it close on the glass. You know, maybe they keep it close on the scoreboard, but if uh, Carolina has its way, gets a lot of second and third chances, uh, it could be a long night for the Orange. Uh, Jones, thanks so much uh, for coming on. We do appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy your time in the 315, and hopefully we can do it again down the road. Oh, happy to do it, guys. Thanks so much for your time. All right, Jones Angel, the voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels. And with that, we'll take so our final time out. Steve. I, I was feeling it. I was feeling it there. I'm not going to do it every He's time. He's got a long time in the 315. He does. He does. Four, 9 o'clock games on the road stink. Yes. Late tip tonight. Uh, we'll you've wrap em- up the show. You've embraced your catchphrase. What you talking about, Willis? No, once in a while. I'm not going to do it all the time. I was feeling it there. All right. I was feeling it. We'll wrap up the show next on ESPN Radio.